The next time you raise your gun to needlessly take a feathered life, think of the marvelous little engine which your lead will stifle forever. Lower your weapon and look into the clear, bright eyes of the bird whose body equals yours in perfection and whose tiny brain can generate a sympathy, a love for its mate, which in sincerity and unselfishness suffers little when compared with human affection. From Charles William Beebe, the American naturalist, 1877-1922. Good morning, everyone. I'm Rob McCall. This is the Awanajo Almanac, a collection of natural and unnatural events, rank opinion, and wild speculation devoted to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. And this is the Almanac for October 25th to November 1st, 2013, uh, the last quarter of the hunter's moon. Some natural events. October orange, fast fading from the leaves, is now found on walkers, runners, and hunters, on pumpkins on the doorstep, and on a remnant population of the legendary blaze orange ducks. Hunting is underway for freshwater ducks. Deer season's right around the corner. Sportsmen's groups are concerned with the ongoing decline in hunting license applications and that the young seem to prefer hunting video games to going out into the autumn woods for the real thing. Here's a field and forest report. Maple, elm, birch, and ash have lost most of their leaves. The oaks, beeches, and apples still hold on. It's commonly thought that pine trees and other conifers don't lose their needles. A walk in a pine grove these days will quickly show last year's cinnamon brown needles carpeting the ground all around, while this year's needles still hang tight on the branches. Cedar, too, has shed last year's growth. A couple of hard frosts have shut down the gardens and frozen over the birdbath, causing some impromptu ice skating by thirsty blue jays and chickadees. Watch for the witch hazel coming into bloom in the far woods with its stringy yellow blossoms emerging from bare branches and last year's seed pods exploding, shooting seeds far and wide. Here's a rank opinion. Whether it be wild or domestic animals or plants that we eat, the ethical issues are those of compassion. This ought to apply to plants as well as animals, since we do not know that plants don't suffer or should not be honored by the golden rule. There are compassionate hunters and farmers, just as there are those without compassion. The animals we eat deserve to live and die with our respect, gratitude, and compassion. Both good hunters and good farmers hold to these standards. Good feed and free range for domestic animals and a fair hunt for wild animals, as well as a merciful death for both, are essential. After all, some days we eat other creatures, some days they eat us. Domestic animals have the disadvantage of being captive, but the advantage of adequate food and protection from predators. Wild animals have the advantage of freedom, but the disadvantages of facing starvation, 
disease, bad hunters, or speeding vehicles. So it's difficult to conclude that hunting is either better or worse than farming in terms of the suffering caused. With deer populations increasing, the number of hunters decreasing, merciful hunting seems like an ethical choice. Think of the Native Americans who showed the ultimate respect to the deer by running it down on foot. Modern hunters may not be up to that, but they can show a similar respect by hunting on foot, taking only a clear shot, and tracking down and mercifully dispatching any wounded creature. Where wild populations are dwindling, as with many species of fish, with whales and other game, farming is the more compassionate response. But where wild populations are increasing, as with white-tailed deer in many places, respectful hunting may be just as compassionate. Just one man's opinion. Your comments are welcome at awanajoalmanac at gmail.com or P.O.B. 911 Blue Hill 04614. And finally, a couple of seed pods for you to carry around with you this week. The first from the author Peter Matheson. Few wild creatures perish of old age. Sooner or later in the wild, some weakness, injury, disease, or weather will cause the wind bird to fall to the hawk or storm. Then in its years of strength, it had outflown. And from Albert Einstein, we must never permit the voice of humanity within us to be silenced. It is man's sympathy with all creatures that first makes him truly a man. Well, that's the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from me. Go out and see for yourself. <laughs>